1: talk radio 77 wabc this is sid and friends in the morning 77 wabc cleveland baby here we go cleveland a couple of big nights game five knickerbockers and cavaliers tomorrow night in the nfl draft round one on thursday what number do the giants pick i don't care what well, number of the Jets, or the Jets traded that pick for Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, but anyway, 13. Sunday, the Knicks took a commanding three-game-to-one lead on Cleveland, and it was a special one because the threesome were together, the great threesome of my dear friend Mike Breen. Uh, Jeff Van Gundy, who's been a great friend of mine over the years, Jeff was out with me down in Miami all the time, and, of course, Mark Jackson, and they were at the top of their game. They were great, all three New York roots, and the Knicks get the win, and again, take a commanding three-game-to-one lead. With that said, here he is, former head coach of the Rockets and the Knicks. The last time the Knicks were really great. And a great TV analyst, my friend Jeff Van Gundy. Jeff, good morning, buddy. How are you?
0: Doing well, Sid. How are you?
1: Nice to have you back. I know my buddy Steve Zemak down in Florida reached out to you. And thank you, as always, for coming on. i tell you, one of the things I enjoyed most about your telecast on Sunday, Jeff, was you guys kept looking back at the days at Tibbs Tom Thibodeau spent with you both with the Knicks and in Houston. And I think a lot of Nick fans didn't even know that you guys had that much history together. You the last great Nick coach and he the current great Nick coach.
0: And for Mark and I, Coach Patino was in the uh at the game, so I had worked for him at Providence. Mark had played for him at uh New York, so there was a lot of New York yeah. yep. Oh, no, before. Right right, Knicks. right, right, Knicks, right. Right, next right. the Knicks, yeah. And so, yeah, it was great. And Tom and I, uh, Thibodeau, go way back, uh, and uh, he's just done a remarkable job uh, in really hard circumstances. You know, when he took over, they were mediocre. He got them to the playoffs the first year, last year. Uh, with the Randall regression, uh, they didn't make it. And then, you know, this year with the Brunson signing, the Hart trade, uh, they have really, really played good basketball. Jeff, you can
1: appreciate this. Two years ago, he wins coach of the year. You just talked about it. You just, you know, dateline the whole thing. Last year, they wanted to fire him. When I say they, I don't mean the Knicks, the media, the fans. He doesn't know what he's doing. Now the Knicks are back on top, and he's a great coach again. How does that happen, Jeff? How do you go from being a great coach one month where fans want you fired the next? How ridiculous is that?
0: Well, you don't go from being a great coach to not knowing. But, uh, you know, fans judge on results. They don't know necessarily <clears throat> what a coach uh, is doing, but they do know what the results are. And last year, I don't think anybody was happy with the results. The the negative is when there becomes a groundswell like that, it can impact, uh, you know, weaker management teams. You know, they can try to appease – fan bases by making a, a change that oftentimes is one that's trying to save their butt. So I'm glad that Leon Rose didn't give in to some of the most ludicrous calls for a coach's job. But, you know, Thibodeau's a great coach, and he has been uh, since he came in with Chicago to Minnesota to here in New York. And um, they have, you know, right now to me, they have the pillar that you need, the pillars that you need. They have a a great coach and a great player in Jalen Brunson. That's how you go places Mm -hmm. in the NBA. Agreed. Jeff Van Gundy, the great Jeff Van
1: Gundy. You mentioned Randall, and this is just me, Jeff. I don't really like his game. I know he's a big-time scorer, multiple all-star, over 25 a game this year, had some monster efforts but more than often, it may be my perception, he holds on to the ball too long, shot clock gets down to three. He's up with three when it goes, and he scores 57 great. When it doesn't, the offense becomes stagnant. So for me, Jeff Van Gundy, talking about Tom Thibodeau, I loved what he did on Sunday, which was not put Randall back in the game. And I do believe the Knicks could be a really good basketball team without him. That's just me. What do you think as a coach? I
0: think Randall had a, a terrific Regular season, uh, but he faltered in the playoffs two years ago against Atlanta. Uh, he's really played poorly so far in the first four games of this series, and so that's why I'm so surprised that the Knicks have been able to be uh, up three games to one. I think the decision not to insert him back in the fourth quarter, people in retrospect can say, "Oh, that was an easy decision. The team was playing well, Toppin was playing well, Randall wasn't." But if they don't win that game and, you know, certainly they could have lost the game down the stretch, keeping topping in the game, then everybody, those same people who are praising, you know, the fans that are praising uh, the decision made would be, how can you not go back to your star? Right. He, you know, he's an all-star. So again, people that can play the results and wait for the results to do, but in, at 5 minutes and 21 seconds, there was a timeout, I believe. And to me, that was make or break. If you if you put him back in, you do it now. If you don't, you ride Topping all the way to the finish line. Uh, Tom decided to ride uh, Toppin' to the finish line, and he rewarded his uh, confidence in him because I thought he was uh, really an undersold part of why they were able to win.
1: Yeah, big offensive rebound, and I thought maybe Randall might get back at three minutes, too. But to your point, uh, Tibbs decided not to do it. So I'm talking to my friend Joe Beningo, Jeff, who you know very, very well. He's actually coming up next after you because Aaron Rodgers went to the Jets, and he's Mr. Jet Guy. Beningo says to me last night, he goes, you know, Sid, he goes, Brunson, for all the, all the talk he gets here in New York, he's still underrated. And he said, I really believe he's the second best Nick point guard ever next to Walt Clyde Frazier, and he's a winner. And and Willie really should be regarded not just an all star this year. He was snubbed, but as one of the better players in the league, second best Nick Point guard ever. Does Jeff Van Gundy agree?
0: I don't have them all in the uh, tip of my tongue right now, but I think um, when you're talking about like Jalen, I think he has the potential to be, you know, a long time, long term uh, great player with the Knicks, but. This is his first season, and you just got to wait to meet. You got to be more patient with declarations like that. Joe, that's Joe's thing. He can make, (laughs) after 82 games, he can say second best. Hey, if he plays a half a season next year, Joe might have have him ahead of Frazier. So we'll see.
1: Uno. he's your numero uno. Well, by the way, he does have you number three behind Holtzman and Wiley, I'm just saying.
0: <laughs> okay, all right, well. Now you like his picks, huh? <laughs> he probably, no, no, now he's got Thibodeau, since they're up 3-1, he's got Thibodeau number one. <laughs> he, probably he probably
1: does, I gotta ask him that. We also talked, uh, you know, you talked about Hart, obviously, uh, uh, the job that he's done coming off the bench, and he provides some incredible intangibles, but I have to tell you, where I really enjoy watching the Knicks, because I miss the big man, Jeff, and, of course, you had those great years with Patrick Ewing, and, yeah, it did kind of change in the late 90s, that 99 team that lost to San Antonio with Spreewell and those guys, and there's a little more run and gun than Ewing back in 94, let's say, against the Rockets. But I love this Robinson-Hartenstein combination with the Knicks. Again, I'm not sure they get enough credit. Those two together, especially Robinson on Sunday, they've been terrific.
0: You're absolutely right. Uh, Robinson and Hartenstein together have given them 48 minutes of really good front court play. Robinson, his pick and roll defense has really improved over the years. uh, And that's imperative when you're playing against Garland and Mitchell, he does a terrific job of both playing the ball handler coming off the pick and roll and playing the roller. So, really improved Hartenstein was awful defensively to start the year has gotten much much better has good skill level on offense and both of them have like Hart given the Knicks second shot opportunities time and time and time again you know the first shot offense for the Knicks has been mediocre because of Randall Randall's poor play and they you know they're they're just not a good shooting team from three. So it's imperative that they've gotten those second-shot opportunities. Mitchell set a great tone in the last two home games.
1: You know, I look at this Nick team moving forward, Jeff, and you don't want to get too crazy, right? Then he made the playoffs last year. And now we have all these designs on, on a youth season. But it is what it is. They're up uh, three games to one. That's a commanding lead. So we assume they get one more before Cleveland gets three more. Now the 76ers, swept the, uh, they did sweep the Nets, a very good team. We know that. Boston, they're up three games to one, but the Knicks had great regular season success against the Celtics this year. And the Heat are beating Milwaukee 3-1 because there's no Giannis. So it's a very simple question. Am I deluding myself if I say if the Knicks move on, they got a real chance in the East, or is that nuts with teams like Boston and Philadelphia?
0: Well, you you know, uh, the great Greg Popovich says uh, you can't skip steps, and you just skipped about ten of them. Uh,
1: oh, so. I know. Isn't that so, great?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So to get one more, like people think it's commanding, but really when you think about it, you know, Cleveland, they have game five at home. I would suspect most people would, or Vegas would favor them. Then they have to come and win one road game in New York to get it back home for a seventh game, so when you're the home team or you know you have the home court advantage and down three one the path is you know far simpler, and I think you know the Knicks have a lot of work still yet to do against Cleveland, but obviously, if Miami was to win, which is to me the same sort of situation as the Knicks are in, up 3-1, but going on the road. And they have, I think they have a really hard finish uh, of the Bucks. But let's just skip steps with you, Sid. Let's say both teams advance. Uh, certainly, I think to have the Knicks in the heat in the second round of the playoffs would be just awesome. And the Knicks would have a chance. I don't think they have any chance in the playoffs against Milwaukee, if Milwaukee's healthy because of Giannis and his domination. And, you know, obviously both Philly and Boston are better than the Knicks. So, but things happen in the playoffs. Injuries happen. Mm. And if the Knicks are able to advance and the Heat are able to advance, you know, thinking they would have a chance. They would.
1: Yeah. How many times are you and Breed and Jackson going to show the uh, you and morning and all that stuff if the Knicks play the Heat in the next round? <laughs> Those are some listen, great memories, I, man.
0: I, I, listen, I, I wouldn't show it at all, cause, <laughs> but, but I don't have to because I lived it, and I I still plead temporary insanity. I didn't remember anything when I did it. And I I try not to now because I look like a fool.
1: Well, you know, it's funny. You said it on Sunday. They showed one picture of you talking to the team. You know, I think I saw Charlie Ward in there and Larry Johnson and a bunch of Nick players, and you looked angry. And you said, you know, I picture myself as a much happier coach. And you guys probably all do that. When the truth is, during the the game, you're all insane. You're, You're crazy people. Crazy people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I said that a bit tongue in cheek because Mark <laughs> o- o- always gets on me about having multiple personalities. Yeah. So yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, you you are you actually have a, a great personality, but you want to win. So that brings us to the conclusion of this conversation. But you can never end a Jeff Van Gundy conversation without with this question. And I know it's gone like 30 years. <laughs> I mean, it's been a while since you've been a head coach in the NBA. Yet after the end of every regular season, if there's a vacancy. Jeff Van Gundy's name pops up. So, Jeff, are you returning to coach next year?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, I, no, not, not that I'm aware of. But, you know, coaching's always been like people when you talk about jobs, like, do you want to coach? And it always is, you know, who you're working with and who you're working for. So, you know, if, if something ever uh, came up that made sense, I would love to coach again. Wow. But if not, I'm fine right where I'm at.
1: Wow. That's a very honest answer. Listen, you've been great to me, not good to me, great to me over the years. I, You thoroughly entertain me with uh, Mike and, and Mark every time. You're terrific. And whatever you do, Jeff, be happy. You're a terrific guy. Thank you so much for this morning. Thank you.
0: You got it. Take care, guys.
1: My man, Jeff Van Gundy, right there sitting friends in the morning.